What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Hope you all are doing well. We are back with episode seven of In the Lab with Hoopsology. I am your host, Matt Thomas. How you guys doing? Hope you're having a good week. We are here, as always, to wind down this week in the NBA. Got a couple big headlines to talk about. Before we do that, I wanted to just kind of plug some of the interviews that we released this week. Um, On Monday, we had the pleasure of talking with Adam Amin, the TV play-by-play announcer for the Chicago Bulls. That was a really great chat about both sports media and working with Stacey King and being a part of the Chicago Bulls team there. So that was uh, a really fun chat. Glad we got to speak with him. Wednesday, we had a repeat guest, Matt Moderno. He covers the Washington Wizards on Believe In Podcast Networks. Believe In Wizards Podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V in Wizards Podcast. He had a lot of great insights. Uh, If you are interested in the Wizards, a fan of the Wizards, I would highly recommend checking Matt's stuff out. Uh, He does a podcast. That podcast that I mentioned is with Larry Hughes. Uh, So a lot of close coverage to the team and experience in the NBA there. So we also have another interview drop in tomorrow on Friday morning. Not going to say who with just yet, but it is going to be covering Cade Cunningham and the Detroit Pistons. So that will be an interesting one to chat about their season so far and their future plans. Uh, So be sure to stay tuned for that. You can subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Of course, if you've already done that, thank you so much. If you're listening to this from our feed, thank you. We appreciate you following and and supporting the show. Let's get into a look at the standings real quick. Pull this up here. So looking in the Eastern Conference, not a whole lot has changed this past week. We have the Nets. Still in number one, in spite of their loss to my Rockets last night. We have the Bulls in number two, the Bucks in number three, the Heat at number four, Wizards at five, Sixers at six, Cavs at seven, Hawks at eight, Hornets at nine. Um, so really the top five there, not a whole lot of movement. The Heat have, have kind of righted the ship. They're kind of bracing for a month with Bam Adebayo gone, as we talked about last week. So they might drop in those standings. Really in the East, though, the big thing is from really that two seed to the 13th seed, 13th place in the East, teams are really crunched together and it's still really, really competitive. It looks like a lot of teams could be in the play-in picture. Um As we move further through the season, I mean, really only the Magic and the Pistons are kind of teams you can scratch off your list as far as competitive basketball teams go. So that's great. Still a lot of teams in play. And I don't think anyone is surprised that the Pistons or the Orlando Magic are struggling. Next, um, let's look at the West. Again, not much has changed here. The Warriors have reclaimed the throne at the top of the West. They're the number one place team. The Suns at two, Jazz at three, Grizzlies at 
four, Clippers at five, Lakers at six, and then you've got the Mavericks. They've probably taken the biggest fall since we looked at this last week, uh, even though they won their last game. And they are even with the Nuggets, who are eighth. The Timberwolves are at nine. They've lost their last four. Interestingly enough, other than the Jazz, a lot of the teams that are on win streaks are teams that are at the bottom of the West. So the Kings, for example, have won their last three. Um, The Thunder have won their last two. And the Rockets have won their last seven games. They are the third worst team in the East, or I'm sorry, in the West, sitting there at 13th place. So, yeah, pretty surprising that they've won their last seven games. And that's actually the first thing that I want to talk about. This is from Elias Sports. It says, the Rockets have won seven straight games immediately following a 15-game losing streak. They are the first team in NBA history to have a 15-game losing streak and a seven-game win streak in the same season, let alone one right after the other. So. Weird, very weird turn of events here. I have the Rockets on League Pass. They are my League Pass team. I don't do the whole shebang with League Pass. I I just have the Rockets. Um, So I've luckily been able to catch a lot of these games. uh, And it's it's definitely, yeah, been a lot better than that 15-game losing streak uh, that I watched. Uh, Oddly enough, Jalen Green has been injured. <clears throat> almost the entirety of this win streak. He he was hurt uh, during their first win of the streak against the Chicago Bulls. He has been out with a hamstring strain. Kevin Porter Jr. has missed some time as well. He was out against the Brooklyn Nets last night with a thigh contusion. He still he got hurt with that win. The Rockets played the Warriors before this win streak started, and then he um, he was able to come back for a bit, and they he kind of re-aggravated that, and they arrested him again. Uh, so hopefully he is back soon. But a lot of young energy on this team that's really fun. A lot of guys just trying to claw their way into a secure position in the league. So it's it's been fun to watch. Um, the other notable thing with the Rockets has been the rise of Garrison Matthews, a guy who was on the Wizards last season, a guy who came up through the G League and now is the basically, I mean, their games are different, but he's basically the Alex Caruso equivalent for this Rockets team. So he is the hustle player. He is diving for loose balls. He is playing hard defense, not always great defense, but the effort is there. He, The Rockets had two straight steals in a row against James Harden last night. That was pretty awesome to see. That resulted in fast breaks, one of them a Garrison Matthews dunk. So been really cool to see that, see his development. And he's actually a starter now for the way he can spread the floor. Uh, the Rockets have been in dire need of three-point shooting through this win streak, they've gotten that with Armani Brooks and Garrison Matthews. So that's been really cool to see. It It is weird to me to see this streak play out. Um, 
through their losing streak, like including their one point loss in Denver that I saw in person, they were starting Daniel Tice and Christian Wood together, kind of this two big lineup. And there wasn't enough shooting and floor spacing. Maybe they were hoping Jalen Green would bring more of that to the table than what he has brought. That's not a slam on Jalen Green, just um, he, he's he been kind of more effective as, as a slasher and creator. Um, so <clears throat> it's been odd seeing these two big lineups at, at play and then all of a sudden the shift to spreading the court. Uh, th- this shift happened right when the Rockets... Um, well, there was buzz in the media that Steven Silas was on the hot seat Maybe fairly so because he did have a 20 game losing streak coaching last year's Rockets. I mean, of course, you understand that he was hired with the intention of coaching James Harden, but still, you can't have too many of those double digit losing streaks and expect to keep your job as a head coach in the NBA. Immediately, they right course, get on this seven game win streak. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, been a lot of effort, a lot of good defense, uh, a lot of good chemistry with this team. I still don't think they are <clears throat> playing team material. I've obviously, as a fan of them, I hope I'm wrong. Um, that's basically what I've got for the Rockets. I did want to spend some time on that because I don't know if I'll get to uh, the rest of the season in this way. Moving on to our next topic, I wanted to look at Steph Curry. He, <clears throat> um, is just about to pass Ray Allen as the NBA all-time leader in three points made for a career. He's done that in just over half the amount of time that both Reggie Miller and Ray Allen have gotten to that mark. So Ray Allen is the current leader, uh, and Steph Curry is 10 three-pointers behind him. So Probably at least by the end of next week, likely sooner, Steph Curry will be your three-point champion for NBA history. I wanted to look at his numbers real quick, just so you guys could have a full picture of Steph Curry's career to this point. Um, And the numbers are, of course, insanely impressive. Steph Curry is... An anomaly. He's he's a once in a generation type of talent. He has definitely influenced change in the game of basketball. We'll see if it's good change long term for the product. I, I think the league has done good things. We've talked about it a lot with rule changes and whatnot to make the game a little more interesting and compelling than just the three point jump shot. But Steph Curry. Of all the three-point jump shooters out there, which he is much more than just that, um, he is the greatest. And he does a lot of other things at an elite level too, which is why he is a multiple-time MVP. So looking at the numbers, he has played 786 career games. He averages 34.3 minutes per game. Um, He makes... Just over eight, 8.3 field goals per game on 17.5 attempts per game. He shoots at 47.5% field goal percentage, which is pretty good for a point guard that is a somewhat higher volume shooter. Um, he 
attempts 8.7 threes per game and makes 3.8 of them, which comes down to a 43.2% career three-point percentage, which is insane, obviously, given the volume of three-point shots that he shoots. Um, Let's see, looking at some of the other... uh, Of course, you also have to mention... His free throw percentage, he makes 3.8 free throws per game on average on 4.2 attempts. That's good for 90.8% from the free throw line. Obviously, that's a huge value. Any point guard in the league, uh, you want to be a solid free throw shooter for in a game situation. So he is certainly that. Um, Total rebounds per game, 4.6, actually higher than I thought it would be for him coming into this. 6.5 assists per game. Definitely his handles are insane, and he is a great creator. The threat of his shot, for one thing, keeps defenses honest on him, but then he's able to also create off of that at times. So not a traditional point guard by any means, but can facilitate like one when needed. Um, steals per game, 1.7. He has led the league in steals before. Uh, and I believe it was the 2015, 2016 season, his MVP season. Um, not many blocks per game. That's not totally unexpected 0.2 blocks per game. Um, and a career average of 24.3 points per game. So when you factor all that in together, you obviously have a ridiculously talented player, a generational talent, one of the best to ever do it at his position. He will be in that argument. He reshapes the point guard argument. It's always been names like Isaiah Thomas, Stockton, Magic Johnson, these guys are your traditional like, oh, this is this is the greatest point guard of all time. Chris Paul, this is the guy that you want to have leading your team. Steph Curry breaks the mold. He's been playing in the league since the 2009-2010 season. He's 33 years old. He will add on to this, this ridiculous three-pointers made total. I don't know that we'll see anyone catch him. This might be one of those unassailable records. I mean, it's it's hard to imagine. And there are years uh, like uh, just uh, last season, actually, where Steph Curry um, averaged uh, 5.3 three-pointers per game, which was a career high. And he is topping that this year with 5.5 three-pointers made per game. Yes, the attempts are up. The percentage is down in those past two years, but they're still over 41% in each of those years of made three-pointers. So it really hasn't hurt his averages all that much with the extra volume and the extra usage with his team having to rely on him more. So it's it's hard to imagine, again, anyone passing him in total three-pointers made. Maybe we will see that, but with the league being more physical this year, that also helps with the longevity of the records that he's setting right now. So congratulations to Steph Curry. I I really enjoy Steph Curry. I have not always rooted for the Warriors. I, I liked personally the Mark Jackson Warriors. I found them pretty lovable. Um, I 
wanted LeBron to win a title in Cleveland. So there were mixed feelings about the Warriors, certainly a healthy level of respect. I got nothing against them as a franchise or anything like that. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, the Durant years were, you know, were what they were. They were a super team. Not fun to root for a super team always, unless you've been a diehard fan of that team. Um, but in any case, Curry has always made the Warriors likable uh, and has always made them a fun watch and a team that you just, you fear playing no matter what team you are. Right? There was um, that year, of course, in 2018, when the Rockets had Chris Paul, they had probably the best chance of any team in the league, uh, at least any Western Conference team of dethroning the full power KD Warriors. And it's just every time they take a shot between Clay at that point and Steph, you're just holding your breath. And then you throw KD in the mix and that team goes without saying was insane. Um, so respect to Steph Curry. It's going to be fun to see what his career totals are for the next, you know, five plus years that he's going to add on to that if he wants to. Moving on. Last topic I want to mention. This has been um, running through the news. Uh, I read this article. um, Friend of the show, Josh Kuhn, posted this. Shout out to Josh. Good dude. You guys give him a follow on Twitter if you are looking for good people to follow. Um, Josh posted this article from theatlantic.com, and it's about Enos Cantor freedom. Uh, Enos Cantor, formerly Enos Cantor, has changed his name to Enos Cantor Freedom. He became a citizen of the United States, and he has gone on, um, you know, I don't like talking politics as much as the next person, but yes, he has been on many shows on Fox News to talk about his love for America, his love for America opening his him in with open arms and given things that you can read from this article that he wrote from the Atlantic. You can understand why he feels that way. A um, couple things that I, I want to say about this without getting too political. Um, Enos Cantor got a lot of criticism for changing his name to Enos Cantor Freedom. Um, you know, uh, I don't think the criticism is all that fair. I understand that the NBA community has not appreciated him going after LeBron James, uh, who is basically the figurehead of the league right now, the best player in the league guy that is in the GOAT conversation. Uh, they have not appreciated that. Um, but you know what? I, I've i been consistent throughout this with the NBA getting more and more politically driven, more and more activist, more activism that the players are doing. I am pro-freedom as, as far as that goes, and I don't mean that Enos Cantor freedom. I am freedom of these players expressing their views. I I want them to do... Look, these players are making 
great wealth. They are earning that wealth. I am all for that. I want these players getting paid. I want them to express themselves how they see fit. And I want them to support causes that they want to support. Um, whatever that is, I, I may agree with it. I may disagree with it. I, there are both cases among players in the NBA that I know of. I agree with some. I disagree with others. It's cool. I want the same for Enos Cantor. I, I want him to say what he wants to say. He's got a voice. Um, you know, I will say the the one maybe criticism is, you know, when he tells other players to shut up about what they're saying, I've, I'm not for that. Again, I, I am very pro-freedom, very pro-freedom of speech. Um, I want to know what you think so that as a human being, I want to know what you think so that I can know or maybe have a better idea of what your intentions are. Um, and freedom of speech allows that. I, I don't want people to go into hiding necessarily. I, I don't want people to radicalize beliefs that they currently hold or um, hold certain things back. Um, I, I think that's important in society. I, I think it's important to flesh out these big ideas uh, on a large stage, whether that be social media, though I don't think that's the most effective way to do it. Certainly, I think most people that I talk to definitely agree on that. And that's on all sides of the political spectrum. Um, but yeah, I, I want the conversation to continue. So I, I'm not for, for it when I hear, when I see, you know, people with childish takes on Twitter saying like, ah, oh, Enos Cantor needs to shut up. Ah, oh, Enos Cantor is a grifter. So he's a grifter, but other players with activism trying to sell shoes or, or whatever, promote their brand. They're not grifters. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I think it's fine for him to have a voice here too. And look, even if let's say, let's say Adam Silver sitting in his office does not like Enos Cantor's point of view. If you are a smart, shrewd business person you should like that Enos Cantor is speaking out if you're the NBA, in my opinion. Um, the China stuff is is ugly. I, I think a lot of people will acknowledge. I don't want to get into that too much. Justin and I have covered that in past episodes. Um, I agree with a lot of what Enos Cantor says as far as that relationship goes, as far as promoting human rights. Um, but I think the larger point that I'm getting at here is Enos Cantor having an opposing view is makes your league more relatable to more people. LeBron James can have his views, talk about what he wants to talk about, support what he wants to support. And again, I, I support his right to do that. And you can counterbalance that with another player that disagrees with him. You have fans of the NBA like myself at times that disagree with some things that LeBron James has said. And you have fans that uh, agree with him. You should want both of those fans engaged in your product. If if you are looking at the NBA from a business point. Um, and I also think we should be able to play basketball together as people with differing views. That's one of the beautiful things about sports in general for society at large. Um, the other thing I, I want to ask, and, and you can 
you know, reply in, in the chat if you uh, if you want to on YouTube later. How much stock do you, as a person, put in an NBA player's political views or activism? What they like to support, what they what brands they're repping, um, what they're trying to influence you to do. Does that influence you? I'm honestly curious to know. Um, I think, you know, for 20 year olds, for maybe like late 20s and younger, I'm not surprised if it gives you some influence to know what athletes you like are doing, et cetera. But I think by the time you're in your 30s, and this is just my personal opinion, my personal rantings. I think it's kind of weird if it affects you all that much, like what, what an athlete is doing. Like, that's cool. If, if you see whatever it is, again, this isn't a political side kind of thing. Um, if you see that and it aligns with your values, your principles, your views, and you want to support that. And you think it's really cool that an athlete aligns with that because you have those principles, uh, great. I, I think that's cool. But the other way around to me is weird. Like, like I, I'm 35 for an example. Um, so I, I read like this article um, about Enos Cantor. It's cool to know the backstory. Enos Cantor freedom, excuse me. Cool to know the backstory, et cetera. But most of my principles at this age are set. I kind of know a lot of the things that I believe in. So I don't feel like this article would have swayed me one way or another. And I think it's, I find it odd if it does. So let me know. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe athletes are swaying your view all the time. And again, this isn't an anti-athlete activism thing. This is just, hey, it's cool for people to have their opinions. Some I agree with, some I disagree with, but I'm not changing my personal principles based on what an athlete, a public figure, a politician, whatever the case may be. I'm not changing my principles based on another person. Um, and maybe that's just me. Anyway, I've gone longer than I intended to go, but there's cool stuff happening in the league every week. And we're always covering it on the show. If you guys made it this far, uh, I really appreciate you tuning in. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you have an excellent rest of the week. God bless. We will see you guys later. Peace out.